Welcome everybody to another episode of Need Some Introduction. This is a late night recording on Father's Day. So this is my Father's Day, mm-hmm. my last Father's Day activity. And I uh, have Sona on the line as Hi. well. And uh, we are today covering Evil Season 2, Episode 1. Before we get going, just a reminder that we have uh, Loki recaps coming this week also. I'll also be watching The Good Fight on Wednesday. It starts the new season. Anybody who's interested in evil and just the um, the King's uh, uh, story writing in general, uh, you should check out The Good Fight if you haven't already caught up on it. It is coming back this Wednesday and somewhere in here, either during this episode next week, somewhere in this season, be following up on that as well. And uh, more music episodes, a covers episode, the second covers episode we did uh, just yesterday, which I just put out yesterday, has been downloaded a bunch of times already. So I guess people like that format. And we'll have more of those similar music episodes coming up. Subscribe to us so you know when these episodes come out and uh, reach out to us. Uh, need some introduction at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you all. I'm sure you don't have a lot of open questions right now, early in the season, and we will get <laughs> into, uh, we'll have more pertinent points to uh, follow up on later. So to get into the episode proper, we pick up immediately from where we left off. And before we go anywhere else, Shona, I think the most important question here today is, what do you think of? It's so much better. I already know what you're going to say. Kristen's bangs. So much better. <laughs> <laughs> it was number one on my list of notes. The bangs are grown out. They've got like a longer side swept thing going on. And it's much, much better. Oh my God. It's so funny. So it's literally, literally our first note on both the bangs. <laughs> yes. So much more flattering. Much less of a mousy look than she previously had. A little more devilish, perhaps? <laughs> uh, interesting point. Maybe a demon has possessed her to grow out her bangs. It's, or maybe it's possessed the bangs. Maybe that's where, the, <laughs> <laughs> that's, where, that's where the demons are. <laughs> you, you never expect it there, you know? But the next time she trims them, you know, never, never know. It's an exorcism of its own. <laughs> okay, so we get off, we start off immediately with her bangs and with the, uh, you know, uh, we start yes. off ex- exactly where we left off last season. I have a, a few questions here right at the beginning, by the way. So she's trying to get rid of this pickaxe that she has. And yes. uh, she tries to bury it in the backyard. And I guess yes. one of the girls wakes up, those girls, <laughs> those girls just like go to sleep for God's sakes. You know? <laughs> As if I could get my own daughter to sleep, by the way, too. So I can only imagine four of them. It would be impossible to get those kids in to the sleep same ever. room. In no the less. same room. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot there was four. I thought it was three. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's four of them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Even no, crazier. I knew there were four. It's it's too many, too many. Children. I guess you saw the show more recently than I did. So. Yes, that's true. Oh, yeah. So she, she she tries to bury it. That's not a good idea. I, I mean, you have to figure there'd be some better place to hide this thing. So she decides to just wash it off in bleach, which is definitely a good idea, by the way. And then, uh, you know, if you're trying to get away with murder, that is it's a good idea. Well, the bleach is a good idea, but I yeah. thought she was bleaching it in preparation for burying it. I don't know that I feel what she did was sufficient on its own to cover up a murder. And I then mean, she just hangs it up behind the umbrella. Yeah, like you've got to be really meticulous to really remove every trace of anything. Yeah. No, I yeah, mean, maybe I she assume. thinks no one's going to care enough about this particular guy to get really into the details and find that one speck of blood that she didn't hit with the bleach. And that's possible because he wasn't a great guy. But um, right. find out later that this was a very well-executed plan she had. So the cover-up right. is not very well-executed in my yeah. mind. She's planned all these things out. Then like she had no plan for disposing of the weapon afterwards. Like it just doesn't exactly. make any sense. Right? And of course, the worst thing about it in my mind is just the fact that she used this pickaxe 
which, you know, if they do enough forensics to try to speculate as to what it is, and someone says, you know what, this looks like it's this pickaxe, you know, she used the, 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 the ridged ice edge, axe, the ice yep. axe, I should say, yeah, ice axe. And, uh, you know, if it has this, um, uh, this ridged edge and they can somehow figure it out, they're like, wait a second, <laughs> is it that woman he was, she was, har- he was harassing, wasn't she a mountain climber? <laughs> and, right. And, so, and I'm know. like, there's yeah. a sponge that she's using to wipe off the blood. And yeah. like, it just seemed like there were a lot of chances for like a cross contamination type of situation where I don't know, I'm concerned for her cover up. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> I do, too. And like the little hide, yeah, just right behind these umbrellas. No one will find it. So I mean, not- you know what? <laughs> Hiding in plain sight is a thing. Right. right. So and, and it's not suspicious that she has one of these things in the house. Right. right. So that's, that's totally fine. But you I, are I, yeah. really counting on it that in a panic late at night, after knowing that your girls are on to you, that you're doing something that you were meticulous enough to really hit every trace. Now, the next thing, too, is, by the way, is the explanation of the burn on her hand with the cobalt. Um, mm-hmm. Which I mean, actually, Ben makes some interesting points that you know I was like, well, where did how did it get heated up? And he goes, well, like were the girls using the the curling irons? And she's like, well, I didn't use it. It's like, well, did the girls like put it back? You know, because it's possible right. it back in the drawer and make contact. And curling irons get really super hot these days. They, oh, they you. do absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, Kim left one on that in the bathroom once, and when she ran off to work, and I walked in there, and I could feel heat in yeah. the bathroom. And I'm like, what is that heat source? And it was the curling irons plugged in, right? So it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, it was just kind of like on or off or yeah. low or high, but now they actually show the degrees on them. And I mean, mine, you know, I have very coarse thick hair and mine is regularly 375, 410 type of situation. So it's a total side story, but this is years ago, but my sister took her straightening iron. Mm to uh, Portugal with us when we, when we were there one year and then in the old days that you, they used to have a little switch where you switch from 110 to 220. Remember a little, mm-hmm, little switch there, mm-hmm. but <laughs> you know, this is a very long story, but it's pretty, still pretty funny. <laughs> and that uh, we were at a hotel. She plugged it in, walked out of the room, came back in like it's no, no more than a few minutes later. And like the handle of the iron had completely like melted onto, uh-huh. onto the sink. Like it was just like flattened and melted onto the sink. <laughs> no, I mean, it's crazy. And I have to say like, it's something about straightening iron specifically. I don't know if it's still this way, but um, I had traveled to Morocco in about 2009 and I had this problem and I was burning out converters all across <laughs> Morocco. Blackouts like, really, everywhere you go. You know, we get to the last hotel. I have no converters left. I've broken every hotel's converter. So live and learn. I didn't yeah. burn down anybody bu- any buildings on the plus side. So, All right. So we've talked about bangs. We've talked about curly guys. <laughs> That's how far we've gotten to the show so far. <laughs> bad job of her hiding the murder weapon. And another thing that I think is badly done, character-wise, like a bad job on their parts, is when she's trying to, first she's got, so first of all, importantly, I guess, she's trying to call her husband first like to talk to him about this thing but okay first of all yeah. i'm sorry i know this is like the episode of small things why is her husband not <laughs> in her favorites oh good question good question. she's like scrolling down first of all this woman makes more phone calls than anybody in 2021 <laughs> right like i have got like so few calls in my log well no total other digression on small things but <laughs> i don't know if she still practices at all because Kim's phone is like, if I look for my name in her call log, I'd have to scroll for pages to find myself, but I am favorited. Exactly. <laughs> so it is a very quick shortcut for that. So she's thinking about whether to call Andy. Oh yeah. She's thinking about calling Andy. And instead she stops on David. She goes, oh, and, and he, she has, even sh- further down she has a, sh- that's what to say. She has to go even <laughs> further down. It's like, <laughs> did you see him today? Like, well, I guess if you see each other every day, you probably don't have to call each other all the time. So, uh, oh, and then David's, uh, um, 
jogging. And as I said to Kim, when, you know, when I watched this, I was like, uh, look, if the devil's trying to get you, do not leave the house without your cell phone, for God's sakes. Like, you've <laughs> already been stabbed. <laughs> I mean, it's really strange the decision making of yes. some of these people. Um, what alarms them and what does not. They're not taking not this seriously enough. Definitely yeah. not taking this seriously enough. Yeah. And then I have to actually ask him about the whole thing with him uh, passing out from the, the wound and, and like whether he should be going for a jog with his wound still open. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I'll have to ask her about her medical, the medical shenanigans here too at some point. But she's probably, she probably watched it tonight. So I'll, I'll touch base with her in the morning. Okay. <laughs> so then of course we get to the, the, the main event of the episode and, and it's an interesting turn. So Leland hires them to exercise him. So what do you think about this whole situation? So first of all, leading up to that, I have to say, like, I get a little bit conflicted sometimes about how seriously to take this show yeah. because certain things are dead serious. And then other things, you've got that dream sequence of Kristen walking towards Satan oh, in a yes. field of yeah. wheat. Yeah. And all of a sudden, out pops Leland dancing to Funky Town. Yeah, which exactly. Was like a nice moment of levity for me, but it just is hard for me sometimes to understand what tone they're going for. Right. Um, well, this is. None... I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I ahead. mentioned that when we were doing the, uh, the 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 last week, the the season recap, which is that's something that I feel uh, that the Kings, that the the, the duo, the, the couple, the married couple who write these shows. And this is the Good Wife, the Good Fight, and now Evil, and they've also done other shows as well. And uh, they've gotten like like goofier and goofier with their plotting sometimes. I like the jokes. I, they make me laugh, right? Right. But Same. I don't know if it benefits the overall, like you said, like, I don't know how, like if if you have like a joke like this and then like later on, like Leland is murdering one of her daughters or something. I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't have laughed at that joke earlier. Right. On, right? Like it's, it's like uh, I could kind <laughs> of understand if there was a whole B plot that was right. kind of tongue in cheek and right. all of it is done with that kind of levity. But here, these moments are stuck in at very odd places, yeah. I find. And I'm just not yeah. sure what to make of it. Although I do, like you said, I do enjoy them. By the way, we didn't, I'm not sure if we discussed uh, Peter Scolari. In oh, this yeah. Show, who, <laughs> yes. Who I love Peter Scolari. So I'm happy to see him. Uh, it's it's always fun to watch him, I find. Like the last thing I remember really seeing him in is Girls, which, you know, I love Girls. Oh, yeah. So. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting conundrum for them, right? About whether he is sincere or not, or whether he's, you know, trying to just mess with them, see what information he can get from them. I mean, we do find out here that like everything is um, still going on with Kristen's mom. He's still in that relationship. Yep. And that's kind of his ruse, right? For for why this all is happening is that he's trying to be a better man for her right. and, you know, have a solid foundation for their relationship and says he you know sold his soul to the devil when he was a kid um i mean all really interesting stuff and you know probably partially true right exactly yeah oh yeah i i agree i think that that's maybe the most interesting part of where you can take the show a little bit seriously is is in exploring that a little bit right and i always like that by the way i always like those type of shows or even those just type of interactions where you know like someone is you know really it's kind of like any kind of uh in procedurals, especially where you're interviewing the suspect, right? And then you know that they're lying to you, but then the misdirection can be revealing something as well, right? So yeah, I, th- I thought that was entertaining. And I thought he gave a very good performance in going from really goofy to really ominous sometimes. Like I think uh-huh. he, he's very good at doing that. I mean, it's kind of what he does, right? So he's very good at doing it. Yeah, and he definitely gives that impression of truly believing that he's smarter than everybody else. Yeah, and the question exactly. is, is he? 
right? Right. <laughs> Maybe he is. Maybe he is going to be able to get what he wants out of this. And but maybe not. They're they're kind of three against one, right? Or but I guess he's got Satan on his side theoretically. <laughs> right, right. Uh, explicitly, right? In this case, right? <laughs> um, so then of course he describes the adoring that in, in, interrogation. Um, you know, there's some interesting dynamics that play out there. Uh, and then of course, uh yeah, Leland, and then Leland, of course, describes the devil. And then of course we've seen this devil figure, right? Uh-huh. Multiple times. And, and David now all of a sudden recognizes it, like, oh, wait, I've seen this exact yes. same thing. Yep. And then another very strange thing happens. She goes and confesses the murder to her psychiatrist. Like, what did you think about that situation? I know this, obvious, obviously, is fiction, but I've mentioned before, there's nothing that I love more than watching therapy sessions. Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I, um, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, and it is a well-known principle that, and it's come up before in this show, that when you confide in your therapist that you have previously committed a crime, as long as you don't uh, plan to commit another crime or the therapist doesn't think that you are likely to commit another crime, they are bound theoretically to keep it to themselves. Interesting point that Kristen raises here that therapists find all sorts of ways around this in the interest of justice and, you know, make anonymous tips and stuff like that. I guess here she trusts this therapist enough that she doesn't think that's going to happen. Um, but very interesting, right? Her manner and the therapist notes it as well, that she's just very matter of fact about how she killed somebody yeah. and why she killed yeah. them. And I will say, okay, just taking it on its face, he's not the first person to threaten her daughters with death, right? Right, right. So why this time she takes it into her own hands? Okay, I guess if you believe, you know, all the other stuff that happened season one, maybe he has a pattern of being a serial killer. So it's more likely that he's actually going to do it. And that. someone was in, and someone was in her house to, you know, like we, we don't know if it was him yes. or if it was a setup. You know, there's obviously something going on with her daughter with Lexi, but beyond yes. that, possibly someone set her up. Like the goal is, you know, and Leland makes this kind of clear that they kind of want to like corrupt these specific people, right? And yes. uh, maybe this was all a setup, right? Like you know, and they pushed her by saying, well, you know, we'll break into the house, and then he, she's going to feel that this threat is real. And honestly, maybe the threat was real, right? Yeah, it could be. I mean. Listen, the fact that she went there with an ice axe and then tried to kind of be like, well, I wasn't necessarily going to kill him. Like, right. well, you you pretty much, I mean, she mentions that she made sure the wife had an alibi. Right. It was definitely, I think, a strong possibility for her that she was going to kill him even before he said that to her. But, you know, very interesting that she does not seem conflicted about it. She does not seem stressed out about it. Yeah, I, I agree that she's very nonchalant about this. And uh like, to be completely frank, it's like, you know, if this guy was out there and I thought he was out to get my family, I wouldn't really have many qualms about <laughs> getting rid of, rid of him either. But I probably wouldn't just be sitting there like, yep, and then I did it, big deal, right? Like, right. That's you probably have some not my reaction. kind of post-traumatic, right? right. Especially right. considering the backstory we have is that she's not previously been involved in this type of scenario exactly. in her exactly. life. So, yeah, yeah kind of strange, um, you know, but maybe, right, leaning towards the idea that something deeper is going on inside her. Yeah. And then he uh, also has a theory that maybe the rash is purely psychosomatic, which is would be very, you know, I can't imagine. I mean, like definitely people have psychosomatic oh rashes gosh. where they, you know, break out in hives and, and they could be localized, right? You have like hives on your back or something or only in one part of your face or something that definitely happens all the time. But in the shape of a crucifix on your hand seems a pretty, yeah. like quite a stretch. No, <laughs> that, I that's a very specific believe response. in the power of the mind and that you <laughs> right. can cause 
physical changes in your body with the power of your mind. I totally get that, but I agree with you. In the shape of a crucifix, <laughs> um, yeah. seems quite specific. It's quite so, a stretch. Quite a stretch. Yeah, but the, not the, the cobalt, the the heated cobalt, uh, and reaction yes. to that seems way more plausible than the ben psychosomatic rash. Much exactly. stronger. Yes, exactly. I agree. Yeah, and if they're trying to like you know like once again using that kind of X Files. A template if they're trying to like over the course of the show just give us possible rationalizations for what we're seeing i mean this seems pretty weak so but uh anyway yeah totally agree so then she gets home and she sees a lot of blood i mean this is crazy amount of blood for someone who's bleeding from their gums like holy cow yeah i mean okay i will say coincidentally and again this i think this is just the podcast of digressions uh <laughs> This episode, I think, really does yes. lend itself to it. Um, Friday, uh, Thursday night, Oscar fell out of bed. And in no. a total fluke, he gouged his chin open oh my God. on a, the drawer handle of his captain's bed, uh, which led to a total panic Friday morning. I was at the pediatrician. I was looking for a plastic surgeon. He had his preschool graduation the same day. There was a lot that happened on Friday. Oh, wow. I am still recovering. But anyway... Uh, point being, the place looked like a freaking crime scene when we went in there. Yes, yeah. And every doctor that I talked to on Friday, which was several, said, yes, the face bleeds a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess having that very recent episode, it's believable, I guess, that the mouth would bleed that much just because I saw Thursday night an immense amount of blood in um, in my son's bedroom yeah, bleeding i mean from your gums that amount and and also because you're bleeding in your mouth like you know you would bleed into your mouth you wouldn't bleed like you know well the way it was dripping maybe she was i don't know maybe she was holding her mouth open i tell you bloody noses will create a lot of blood our neighbor he gets bloody noses the little boy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh he uh had a bloody nose and he when he's playing he doesn't want to like interrupt his right playtime. right so he was wiping his bloody nose oh, yeah i mean that with his hand and then wiping it at first right but yeah. and then wiping it on the outside of, the, of my house like on the, po the pole oh, that, on the you know the front of the house oh and, my goodness uh, and then charlie came to tell me and i walk outside and i was like oh my god it's like someone was killed it's like someone's exactly. face was beaten into this pole that's what it looked like <laughs> So maybe, so maybe, <laughs> maybe that maybe. the handprint was a bit much. I thought yeah, that's what I, well, I mean, I guess theoretically, all right, let's yeah. play devil's advocate. She's holding her, well, first of all, those things seem to like, like be very sharp. Right. And yes. uh, so maybe she like even cut the inside of her mouth with them. Right. Cause she cut her maybe, mother's yeah. finger. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I can imagine if the blood is pooling and she doesn't want to swallow the blood because some people are grossed out by that. Right. And yep. uh, so she like covers her face with her hand. So now the and blood then, is in her hand right. and as she gets okay. to the bathroom, she, yeah. all right. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. Show. I'll give you that one. It does seem like a bit much though. Still. And she's got fangs coming in. <laughs> Long story short, she's got fangs coming in, which yes, of course so is problematic. <laughs> <to> the chase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love when they show that picture too. And I guess this is possible, but when she goes to get the x-rays and they're like, yeah, these are coming in a little strange. I'm like, Oh yeah, they, <laughs> hell yeah. They yeah. Listen, <laughs> I'm not a dental technician. I don't really know exactly. how to read an x-ray, but they did not seem alarmed at all. And that struck <laughs> exactly. me. They're like, they're like, so they've seen this before. Yeah. This doesn't seem unusual to them. Are you part shark? <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> I was like, what? Like that, I would, I would have that reaction. And once again, maybe, maybe there are kind of weird 
anomalies. I do know, like, for example, like uh, a friend of ours that he uh, has uh, ba basically that, like he had a tooth like that, that are above and it came out, out like that. So he has like an incisor that's, you know, protruding from the other teeth like that. Right. So it's, it's maybe not uncommon, but like, you know, just on both sides, just like, they're like, I don't know. It looks like she's a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she even maybe. says it, right. She even says, am I a freak mom? Am I going to be a vampire? And it's like, well, you see, even the kid can figure that out. You know? So I mean, maybe dentists see a lot of really weird stuff is my takeaway here. And maybe, yeah, maybe teeth are weirder than we know. I mean, teeth are pretty weird when you think about how they work. So teeth are super weird. Maybe, yeah. I mean, the maybe. way they all fall out and yeah. Yeah. And then strange. we get more, they just come in. Yeah. You know, it's very mm -hmm. strange. Very strange. Yeah. And how we evolved that, like what happened during evolution mm -hmm. that they're like, mm -hmm. hmm, we really need to come up with a second set of these. These first ones but just will last the one time. It's not like <laughs> yeah. it happens every 10 yeah. years. Yeah. Like, why not? Just, That's what yeah. I'm saying. You know, like, I mean, yeah. there are animals like that shed their teeth constantly. Right. Mm -hmm. But we're just like, you know, it's like as long the way, it's just like, uh, we should have one set of these teeth. And then later on, it was just like someone evolved, like, hmm, this guy has two sets of teeth. Oh, that's the perfect number. We got to stick to those two. <laughs> <laughs> Nature was like, perfect. That's the sweet spot too. That right. guy with the four sets of teeth, that didn't work out too good. <laughs> All right. So then we go and oh yeah, and then we explore Leland's apartment, right? So they're going around Leland's apartment and uh, he seems panicked about them going there, but then yes. that, and I, and he looks legitimately panicked. And that was weird because like, what is he trying to hide? Well, it, it seemed weird too, that since they're skeptical that they gave him the lead time right. of we'll come tomorrow, right? right. Like if he's right. trying to yeah. catch someone at something, I, he'd be like, and we're going now. I completely so. agree. They'd be like, yeah, let's go there right now. Exactly. What are you giving yeah, him time so to Yeah, so what out? was up with the day's notice? I mean, I do agree it's polite and courteous before coming right. to someone's home, but I mean, given their agenda, it seemed like not the wisest course of action. Especially because they're playing chicken, right? Like this guy is not actually, it's not like he's having, he's not being investigated by the police or something. He's just trying to get them to do something that right. he wants them to do, right? So right. he could have said no, but then they'd be like, or he could have been like, uh, okay, yes, right? And they'll be like, great, we're going now. And maybe yes. that would have pushed him too far, right? But right. hey, why not push? <laughs> is that what you're trying to exactly. do? Exactly. Right, so. We're being very critical of the show this way, <laughs> although I did actually enjoy it. <laughs> but I enjoyed but, it too. No, I did as well. <laughs> just have questions. Just some yeah, questions. Many, many questions. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they do find something. They find um, a compartment. Um, I think we missed something. I think we might have missed maybe the only. Oh, by the way, we skipped the title, but I guess I'll bring it up right now because I think one thing we did uh, miss along the way here. Yes. Yeah, is that uh, the the title of this episode is N is for Night Terrors, which I think is a bad title, by the way, because this show has very, this episode has relatively little to do with Night Terrors compared to the Night Terrors, the whole George character in, in season one. In the first season, yes. yeah. So anyway, there is a Night Terror here. Ben has, sees a, is it a Which succubus? like Leland kind of wishes upon him, right? Right, right. When so he accepts it in her mind. And I mentioned this when we talked about this, but that's one of the scariest things about when that documentary you guys yes. can watch on the nightmare, it's called the nightmare, by the way, I finally tracked it down on Netflix. It's a very interesting documentary. And uh, it's about this phenomena of night terrors and the whole idea of the incubus and the succubus, by the way, right? The, the, and that's in this documentary also, but people used to have this dream that I think it's one well, or the other. Yeah. I got to tell you, I think it's women that are called succubus because somebody called me one once. <laughs> So yes, I think you, if you were a succubus, you were the female demon. Yes. Right. I took it as a compliment. <laughs> you should, you should. I should. But the, um, uh, so yeah, so I think I, that's what I was trying to say. I think in this episode, we're seeing a succubus supposedly, but in the night terrors, just so, you know, people want to hear more about night terrors, but like uh, in the old days, it's like medieval times or even earlier, this, the mythology of the incubus and succubus 
was that they were claiming that this was a demon. And this is maybe like sexual hysteria also, because supposedly these demons were having sex with the women in the night. That's what they were afraid of. Uh But the women would be paralyzed. And then this Uh thing would sit on their chests, basically, is Uh the way they felt. And of course, that's what people feel when they have these night terrors. They feel paralyzed, right? So they can't move. And they, you know, and some people even do feel like there's a pressure on their chest. I told you, I actually had this experience of being Uh mobilized, but I didn't feel any pressure on my body at all. But uh, just paralysis. <clears throat> but I apparently sometimes people feel a pressure, and that right. supposedly is the demon sitting on you. Anyway, but that's not true. <laughs> but just the, not my not in my opinion anyway. But uh, so he's visited. This is Ben. Ben is visited by a succubus, and uh, which maybe is suggested by Ben. Which of course night terrors supposedly are also suggestible. So it's possibly that that is what's happening. He you know, <laughs> even said, "I think you're going to be visited tonight," and you know he's really putting it in her head, in his head. Oh, an interesting detail here, by the way. I literally rewound it and turned on the subtitles because I didn't understand what was happening. But in that vision he has of the succubus where she goes that she's into nipples and then she goes and bites him and uh-huh. then he wakes up immediately. Oh, and she says to him before she bites him, she says, do you remember your safe word? And um, Oh, I missed that. Yeah, so she says, do you remember your safe word? And then she bites him and then he wakes up, startled, obviously, and he says something under his breath. And I'm like, I couldn't remember what he was trying. Like, I thought mm-hmm. he, it might be like, he might be making some kind of re- realization that might be a clue or something. So I rewound it and he says, cast three. So I am pretty sure that mm-hmm. is a safe word mm-hmm. that he may have, right? So I'm like, huh, does this mean that he is maybe he, you know, maybe that's why he has this particular vision. Maybe he is into um, S&M, right? So, mm-hmm. so that might be revealing. So, and I assume they are will well i don't know actually as i was gonna say i assume they're going to explore that some way but honestly given the way that these shows are written by this you know these jokes in here <laughs> it might just be a one-time joke like oh look he has a safe word wink yes, wink and then they'll never bring it up again <laughs> so who knows who knows but i do think there is you know as has been much discussed in the media a real underrepresentation of asian and south asian men as like yep attractive sexual people. So in that way, I would like to see more representation there and I wouldn't mind learning more. Uh, He did have that relationship last season, right? Right, With the, I mean, it was a strange relationship, but there was a relationship. So that they get credit for that too. Tony Shalhoub's wife, by the way, you know, Tony Shalhoub, the actor. Of course, I love Tony Shalhoub. That's his wife and they they play that role. Hopefully she'll be back again. Uh, With the sister grafted into her arm? Yes, yes. Oh, that's interesting. Oh yeah, so oh, so yeah, so that was a digression that I wanted to get out of the way because that is kind of interesting what happens there. First of all, the the it's where the title comes from, although it's not thematically right. relevant to the rest of the episode, to be honest with you. But uh, oh, but there's one last thing that happens uh, now back in the apartment in the exploration of that. A few things that happen, right? One is they find the schematics. Apparently, they've noted it up. So once again, I feel like they are, and maybe this is you know final thoughts, but I'll just introduce it now that I feel like they're really getting played by um, Leland right now. And uh, part of that, I agree with that sense of things. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, he's really playing them and he wanted them to find the schematics and even the stuff that he's putting into the um, schematics is for them to like decode this codex. Uh, So he's basically making them do some of the work that, you know, that they, they, they need to have done. And they're basically, uh, you know, stringing them along to, to, to do this for them. And uh, yeah, they're being set up. It's basically the long and short of it. Um, uh, and then, and then she's attacked by the crucifix over the door. Yes. Which turns out to have tattoo ink in it, which I found a very strange little detail as well. 
Yeah. So, okay. First of all, um, to go back for a step, yeah. one thing that we didn't talk about in our season one recap was this whole codecs and signs right. and, you know, Leland had drawn that one symbol with the pig in the diaries right. that yep. he, in one of the diaries that he gave the girls. Um, and, you know, I felt bad that we didn't touch on it. And on the other hand, there's something very labored about it to me right. that I just yeah. Yeah. don't find as interesting as I think I'm supposed to. Right. Um, I think we're supposed to like really be participating in this puzzle of what these symbols symbols mean. Right. And I think maybe um, a different type of person might be really into that. It's just right. for me personally, it's not piquing my interest as right. much as it there are like little clues that are being yeah. left throughout the episodes and certain puzzle pieces that people have put together right, and like right. created a schematic of some yeah. sort. Um, so, I mean, I think that is there for those people who exactly, exactly. are riveted and drawn into that type of thing. Um, and maybe, uh, you know, if I were in a different phase of my life, I might be more drawn into it. In this phase of my life, I'm not as drawn into it. Yeah, and, and I totally agree. But but even going back to the X-Files where they probably were more intentional about some of these things they were doing, I watched those shows and I wasn't trying to solve all those puzzles. Like I just, just waited for the show to kind of lay it out for me. I yeah. was, I was you know, I, I was happy enough to know that there was this mythology that was being built out. And it's the same thing with this, like that, that, that there is this codec, that it has some kind right. of um, uh, predictive ability, that they're starting to decode it, that decoding it could be problematic. It could be like part of the prophecy and whatever else. Okay, that's like the the, the dramatic stakes. <laughs> I, I'm good enough. I don't need any. I don't need mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. start to track down where all these like real world art Jump pieces are and all yeah. the other things. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, yeah. so that was one thing I wanted to just hit real quick. And the other thing is, but what was the terrible smell? Oh yeah, good. I had the same question. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. what is going on there? Yeah, and it made me feel the same way. Like, is there like another uh, uh, part of the apartment that they can't see, like something behind that wall or something, right? And, uh, I mean, is that one of those things that like um, in previous movies comes with like the devil's presence, a foul smell? That seems kind of familiar. The sulfur. That's supposed right? to be a sulfur smell. Yeah. But I don't know if that may, and that could be it, but they're saying they smelled something dead. Like it could be like. Sulfur. Right. A dead rat was her yeah, guess. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know what that's about, but okay. Anyway, back to the crucifix. <laughs> Um, so one thing we didn't touch upon was he says when he's trying to convince them that he needs an exorcism, that there is a tattoo on the back of his ear that he didn't do. And it used right. to say 10 and then it said nine and right. now it says eight. And it right. means he has eight months left to, to what? Do you remember? <laughs> to basically trap these three, um, folks like, like to get their, um, their souls or whatever, or get them to sign over their souls or something like that. Ah, gotcha. Okay. That's just like his mission, so, supposedly, supposedly. Right. So then the idea here with the tattooing, because he had insisted that he was not the one that had done the tattoo, right. is that, in fact, he is the one who did the tattoo, and this is part of his big scheme to trick them. Right. And along with, right, she has, Kristen has verified with his ex-wife, Janie, poor Janie, that uh, he... Um, he had told this story about the bus driver right. making fun of him and that this was when he made the deal with the devil um, because he couldn't stand it anymore. And so the devil had something really awful happen to the bus driver and she had called the first wife and the first wife said, well, no, he had a car. He drove himself to school. So right. this story so could not possibly be true. But then she gets into a car accident herself, right? So mm -hmm. now she's in a coma, poor Janie. Yeah, that's right. 
But then again, if he had the devil there doing his bidding, like would she even be alive anymore? So that's the question. So, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, all this seems very Agreed. circumstantial. So that we're we're near the end now, and um, so she goes to have the surgery done on her daughter to extract the um, these uh, fangs that she has. These, uh, right. And uh, <laughs> and the surgery does not go well. <laughs> So they just have to go a little deeper to get at these teeth. They're just so deep. They have a little bit deeper. And she, in her, uh, you know, uh, knocked out state that the, the daughter uh, bites down and almost bites the, uh, the, the dentist or the surgeon, I guess, right? The surgeon's uh, finger clean off almost, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's something going on with Lexi. She's obviously got, <laughs> she's having some serious growing pains. <laughs> and, yeah, um, she's the one that came from the clinic that yep, produces yep. all the demon children, right? Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so that's the, the other thing. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so then, I, I, and is that the last scene in the episode? What's the last scene of the episode beyond the, um, oh, I know what the last scene is. Actually. The, scene, the last scene is exactly this, right? So they, they keep pushing them further to go and uh, get the, um, you know, keep digging, right? And, and basically ignoring their their suggestions. But then uh, uh, Peter Scolari basically says to um, says to mm-hmm. Kristen, you know, well, go and uh, you know interview yes. him, yes. and so then she goes and has like a conversation with him in his uh, yes. in his offices, and he's laughing because he's like, oh, you know, who sat there, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, um, uh, so she's sitting in the same seat where she he basically got counseling from the devil at one point, literally. Yes. And, um, uh, and then, so yeah, so then she, she basically confronts him about all these things. And he is saying that she is basically already turned to the dark side, that it's like too late for her. But David is, um, they want to get David before he becomes a priest, which is two more months mm-hmm. right, before he's going to finish his studies. And uh, he's like, basically saying that we are going to, um, he's like, you're going to help me do this, right? He's, so he's mm-hmm. basically challenging her that she's going to be the reason that he gets David. Um, they don't mention Ben, of course, <laughs> ben, poor Ben, <laughs> poor ben. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're very interested in David apparently. Uh, oh, and then of course the, 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 the final reveal is that they're like, uh, against this, uh, uh, exorcism going forward, but the church has decided already and uh, yes. they have to go and bear witness to it. And apparently yes. that will be next, uh, episode. And the next episode is called a is for avenging angel, but once again, who knows if that'll have anything to do with the episode based on this. On this, Well, one. they must be spelling something out, right? Because why would you start with N and then go to A? Well, you know what I have? It, it, might, it might be, you might have to, um, you might have to. Uh, oh, you have a list of the episodes? Yeah, I have the season list here. I will pull it up because I was thinking the exact same thing. When I, in the last episode, when we were recapping the season, I looked at the uh list here and i, I know the same in thing. season one there was something about each episode title had numbers and those numbers were supposed to have some sort of significance but i did not find out or figure out on my own what that significance was yeah so it's n a f e z c s t u that's not promising yeah so i mean maybe maybe you have to unscramble the letters yeah exactly exactly all right. So overall, I uh, I enjoyed the the show. For, yeah, I mean, it, as you mentioned before, it sounds like we didn't, but I yes. did as well. <laughs> I I enjoyed it, but in some ways, I enjoyed it for. And it's funny because you know I was critical of Mayor of Easttown. Probably if anybody listened to those recaps that I, that I did, that I was more critical there. But that show, I, I honestly just feel like the ambitions are so much higher. I was going for yes, they were going for something more, more serious. Yeah, right. And this is you know. I think that some of the goofiness here is intentional. So it's like, I, I, I don't take it. I take 
parts of it seriously. But at this point, like this table setting for the season, I mean, I think you're just having a lot of fun with setting these things in place and, and I'm enjoying it. And that's pretty much my, <laughs> my level of engagement, right? I agree. Yes. All I right. don't think it's going to be that um, deeper level of commentary on humanity, but yeah. at the same time, there are some really deep themes here. So who yes. knows? Yep. And I think like, like we've seen uh, or I've seen in their other shows, the Kings shows, I think that we are going to see in other episodes, they'll start to insert topical things mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. those explorations, like episode to mm-hmm. episode. Um, but this is like, you know, like I was saying to you in our text messages, but basically this is just like all plot, right? They're just setting up the season basically yes. at this point. So. Right. Yes. Setting it up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know what we didn't discuss? I'm sorry. Yeah, now sure. I'm jumping way back. But yeah. the scene where Ben is in bed and he's looking at the computer because mm. uh, he yes, set that's the last up that, scene of the, yep. that spy camera, right? right, um, right. In, on Leland's computer. And right. he thinks he's just watching Leland and then it looks like Leland is watching him, in right. fact, right. and kind of mocking him. Right. Uh, and he kind of flips out and just slams the computer shut. But I thought that was very well done and I enjoyed watching that. <laughs> yeah, that was the creepiest part of the whole episode for sure. Yeah. And it's just like in silence and then, then they're not trying to play it up with any music or anything. And just basically him imitating Ben's head turns. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then him leaning into the camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, like you said, very creepy. And also it made me think possibly that because this is, you know, Ben waking up again in the middle of the night, um, that this was um, possibly a dream that he was having, right? So might not be Interesting, true. yeah, that hadn't occurred to me, but sure, it could have been. It's possible, but uh, but then also it could also be that, you know, he simply knows that his computer was hacked, right? And he's mm-hmm. playing off Ben or he's reversing, like he's hacked Ben's computer while he's monitoring right. him, right? Like turned it around, which is, you know, some hackers can actually do that. So it's possible that something like that. Oh, the last thing I wanted to throw out there is that the critics, and I'm not a professional critic, so I've not gotten screeners, but the critics have seen the first four episodes and the reviews have been very good. And uh, they say the fourth episode, the fourth episode apparently is like a really, they think it's like, they say it's one for the the books. So looking looking forward Mm -hmm. to the the fourth episode. So Great. Just a few weeks to go. Yeah, exactly. So did you have any uh, recommendations for Father's Day or any? reason at all <laughs> <laughs> well you know what since i kind of brought it up earlier i will say that i just um am about to finish season two on showtime of the show called couples therapy oh yeah mm-hmm. uh which i really have enjoyed um i like season one of couples therapy but i think i like season two even more uh i found the couples like really engaging uh you really get to know them and there was a lot to identify with, I think, for anyone in a relationship uh, that gets brought up. And um, it's just fascinating to me to watch these sessions with this therapist who, um, by all appearances, is a really excellent therapist as well. Yeah. And I've heard great things about that show, by the way, from other people as well, that that's supposed to be a really, really great one. I simultaneously want to watch it. And at the same time, I wonder if it's going to be uh, too cringy for me, right? Because it's like, I hear that people get into like really, really intimate details about their lives. Or like, in other words, I don't want to feel embarrassed for them, which obviously they're adults, they can do what they want to do. But I, you know, I, I, I feel like it's going to make me uncomfortable. And is that is that the case? You know what, I think there is more of that in season one than there is in season two. Um, I feel like there are, I, I don't know if this is actually true, but I feel like there are less couples in season two, but it might just be 
um, because of the way it's presented, it just is more intense. And so I feel like we we know them on a deeper level than in season one. Um, but no, I would say there's not an embarrassing aspect to it, but I think there is an aspect where like, I have teared up several times while watching the show just because there are certain things I think that are so universal about being in a relationship and loving somebody uh, and what it brings up for you about, you know, what your past has been and why you act the way you act. And um, that I think that's why I said you have to be willing to confront that in yourself because it is uncomfortable, right? right. Like when someone, uh, when a professional therapist is pointing out a certain habit in someone and you think like, yeah, I get it. Cause I do that too. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think it's, it's that that's uncomfortable, but not like in an embarrassing way, but just in a way that like, you've got to be ready for that feeling of like, oh yeah, I do that. And that's not a healthy dynamic that I create when I do that. I will. It's definitely on my, my to-do list, but uh, I think how. once you start, you get yeah. sucked in. I, especially I assume, that, that's what I've heard couples. as well. Yeah. That's yeah. What especially these specific couples. Like I said, I just found them really um, relatable and engaging. I know what I can recommend. Okay. I'm going to recommend this. This is one. Okay. So this is a tough watch, by the way, here on Father's Day, not a great Father's Day movie, uh, but um it is a really excellent film and, and it's um, I don't think it's available on streaming yet, but I'll just put it out there and I'll let everybody know when stream it is available on streaming, but it's a movie called the father. I guess yes, I've heard of it and see it. that seems to me something yes. that would be too painful to watch. And uh, basically <clears throat> not in I'll, a cringe way, just, it just seems very painful. Oh yeah. Not in a cringe way for yeah. sure, but it is. Yeah. It, this movie is very, very hard to watch and it is like left me absolutely devastated emotionally at the end of it. And, but still, I think it's an important film. I think that it is not in a bad way. I think it's probably cathartic. If, yeah, you're, going, sure. if you're going through something like this, I think yeah. it probably is cathartic in a way, right? Yeah. And it helps no, you relate. I, mean, I think often when you're going through something really difficult, you feel like you're the only person who's ever exactly. gone through it and that yes. nobody else could possibly understand it. So right. seeing it put into pictures like that and words like that means so much, right? That yeah. someone else has felt what you're feeling. Exactly. And I think that's where it's really powerful. I, I would, so maybe my tenuous recommendation is first of all, if you have the stomach for it, and I think, yes, you know, probably if you, yeah. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I think if you're like a, just a fan of cinema, or if you don't mind being uncomfortable when you're watching things, then you should definitely seek this out. But I would also say that if you are someone who's dealing with a family member that has yeah. this and you're afraid to watch it, I'm like, it, in a way, it's very difficult to watch. But I think it gives you sympathy for this person that, who may be going through this. It like you, it puts you in their point of view in a way that I don't think you can experience um, by hearing an interview or, or or hearing someone's secondhand experience of it. So I think it's important in a way to, to deal with it that way. But I would say, yeah, definitely track it down. Uh, it's excellent. So, so that's it. And we will look for our next episode. Once again, everybody yep. check out the other um recap shows and music episodes coming next weekend reach out to us follow us and we will see you again next week with another recap of evil on Paramount Plus. all right thanks a lot talk to you soon take care bye all right bye-bye